Oh, what's going on there, world travelers? This is Judgmentalist coming at you with another special episode of Big Sexy Digital Nomad. Yep, that's right. On a Saturday, we, unlike the doors and the slot machines and everything else at any of the MGM properties in Las Vegas, are working here for you. And uh, we've got one of those special fun interviews coming right at you. What's, what's going up, on? What's Big up? Sexy? What's up? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever this is hitting your ear holes, I hope that it is good. Yes. Uh, yeah, things are good, man. Um, you know, here in Romania still doing the Bucharest thing. Uh, finally made it to our last Airbnb. Less and, than a month. And less than a month, we will be back in Spain. We started the process to get uh, our Spanish visa, um, which means we will be residents of Spain. Um, we, we've uh, possibly secured uh, living quarters, and we're going to make a make a go of it. So I'm really excited about that. And things have been. I'm really happy with this new Airbnb that we're in. I really wish that we had found this one when we first got here. Um, only in only in the sense that this the layout of this apartment is exactly what we need. There are a few amenities uh, that we wish were a little bit different, but the layout is perfect. Um, The only caveat is if we had found this one first and we were able to do this the entire three months, we may not have ever met Chris, um, who I've talked about, who is our our friend now, um, uh, who really helped us out, did our star chart. So I'm thankful for everywhere else that we have been. It did provide a, a sort of idea and a, 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 um, a template for what we do want, what we don't want, what we like, what we don't like. You know, I would say you kind of got to, you know, go through the shit to get to the Shinola. You know what I mean? And It's, it's so true. I mean, we, we've talked about this in other forms, but, you know, things that don't go initially – according to plan or is ideal if you're an adaptive type of person which clearly you are i think that's proven itself time and time again i consider myself to to fall into that category you create new opportunities or like what you're talking about here really being able to find okay this is what we want this is what we don't want this is where we want you know and all these other things and obviously there are definitely types of people out there that when thrown those curveballs crumble. Right. Um, and then there's people that when thrown those curveballs absolutely thrive. So, you know. Yeah, and I like to think that we're thrivers. Me and my wife are definitely thrivers. If, we, if you we guys weren't much. adaptive thrivers, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. Correct. There's no way in hell we'd be in Romania. You Look, even if you thought what you were doing is a grand idea, if you weren't the type of people that can adapt and thrive, you you'd still be somewhere, but you know you'd be in Barstow at a fucking Pep Boys right now with your with your car <laughs> broken down, you know. Like right. we'd still be living in, living in my mama's house in think, California. Things like that would have stopped you. We'd be stuck at least in from Vegas. leaving the country. Yes, yeah, for real, for real. True that the the change in transportation that we went through from you know when the the cost of rental cars would have stopped us. 
when I looked up how much it would have cost to rent a car to drive across the country. Yeah. Would have, would have, oh, I guess we can't do that then. I guess, I guess we're stuck here in, in Henderson and I'll stay at the complaints department, you know, uh, complaining about hey, the you, department. you, you, I question for you mm-hmm. on social media recently. You were showing pictures of some sort of a fitness app that showed you closing rings or meeting goals most yes. days. Is that the same software from the complaints department? No, that's just Fitbit. Oh, okay. The first thing I thought <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, is this is this guy? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 not still using the product. Uh I stopped using uh the product, the weight loss product long before I left the company. Uh, they made some changes and I just, you know, this isn't, isn't my vibe anymore. Again, you know, it helped me out in the beginning. It really did. It helped me out um, when I first started with the company, helped me get things in order. Um, but no, for Christmas, my uh, lovely wife gifted me a Fitbit because she knew that we were going to be walking on this journey. A lot of walking. We anticipated doing tons of walking and she was right. Um, it's usually the way that it works. And you know, if you don't have a Fitbit, if you don't have some kind of device, then uh, those those walks don't count. Uh, you really didn't go anywhere if you don't have something counting every single step that you're taking. Uh, so um, very much like the police, every step that I take, every move that I make, I am now watching it. And I let the social social media watching me. I'm surprised um, you're not out there hatching Pokemon. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't know if Pokemon Go is a thing out here. Um, I I try to play Pokemon Go, and then I reminded myself that I'm a 50 fucking year old man, and I don't need <laughs> to be out here catching fucking Pokemon. Um, I, I guess at the time I was like 49 Look, or 48 or whatever. You know, COVID and Pokemon Go. Got a lot in common. It got me. It sure as hell got me. I was, and, I was, and they're both making a comeback right now. That's what I hear. Yeah, I, I, I realized. I think one at one point in time, I realized I just didn't care. Like I was seeing, like there's so much other stuff that you need to do. Wait, in wait we talk about oh Pokemon Go, not Pokemon COVID. Go. Okay. Yeah, not COVID, yeah. not COVID. Yeah, no, no. just making sure. I, I always cared about COVID. Uh, in Pokemon Go, like you gotta fight other people, you gotta, you know, find, you know, gems and battle and all this stuff. And I went, you know, I'm not that deep into Pokemon lore that I need to do this. And you know, it, you- it my kids got me to re-download it a couple weeks ago because I played it early on. I mean, right. like when it first launched. When it was just the first 150 or whatever it is, right. right? And it was very simple. There was some of that gym battle stuff, but now, like, I had this app fired up for maybe a half an hour, not in one at one time, but right. like, you know, as you get someplace, you open it up, you see what's there, whatever. It has changed so damn much. Like, the, uh, I know that's not we we had no intention of ever actually talking about this. Like, well, yeah, ever. I mean, we, you know, we, but, we, but it, here it is. You're right. Um, but they've I, added so much shit to it, 
and I wonder, you know, what what different uh, if if it connects out here in Romania, and if there are different Pokemon that you can get out here, and what that would be, and you know, how much of the regular ones you get. Again, I have a collector's mentality. I may have talked about this on the podcast before. I'm not sure. I have a collective mentality, uh, a borderline hoarder, um, but I definitely love collecting things. So the idea of collecting digital pocket monsters spoke to that, right? The problem, I think the first time I gave Pokemon Go the stink eye was the moment I realized that I didn't have pokeballs to catch a thing and it was i couldn't catch it because they weren't they weren't getting the away right and in order to get the th- uh something that i needed to catch this pokemon i would have to buy it right and i was like i'm not spending you want money no give me the fucking thing i need to you know maybe if i can catch enough pokemon i can transfer this and sell that and then have like in-game money to get it but i'm not gonna give you cash no fuck off so uh that was the first thing guy and then i realized oh, I'm, I'm a grown man walking around las vegas trying to catch fucking pokemon i need to cut that shit out no shade to anybody else who loves the game right no shade if you're over 50 whatever and it's just your jam babe you do you you be you that's fine it's just not my bag now uh, if there was some kind of version of like, you know, collecting superheroes, you know, walking around right. like, a, like a Marvel had a Marvel Go or DC Go or something along those lines, right? Where you had to go someplace, you had to create a hero character. Actually, I, I should probably TM this TM TM TM. All right, if you have a hero, you go places, and then you if you battle other heroes, right? Um, you can get access to, you know, whatever, whatever, or um, they, they join your team. You form your own squad, right? Uh, if you play a bad guy, you can go out and fight other henchmen and make them your henchmen, and then you have, you know, you build your up your own posse. I think that would be kind of fun. But no, not I couldn't, I couldn't catch the pocket monsters. Not my thing. Yeah, now Team Rocket shows up in the game and random what? ass See, shit. That, that, you got to understand there, there's this There's like a thousand fucking Pokemon. I don't even know who any of them are anymore. Like I did knew you who the first a, Did you get into Pokemon when Pokemon first came out? Like, well, I mean, not first came out, but when it came big in the U.S., were you into Pokemon, just the game itself? No, not really. Or like the show or anything like that. Like I played, we did the Pokemon Go thing because we conned ourselves into saying that it was an excuse to walk around the neighborhood and stuff right. like that. Right. Yeah. Um, excuse to get out the house and walk around and give you something to do. And I, kinda, I, and I shared that with a couple of friends, like, you know, it, it created a few social, uh, you know, environments because you, know, you play with people and, and we would get together at a park somewhere and walk around the park looking for Pokemon. And we found one and say, Hey man, I found a blue, blue, blue over here. Let's go catch this blah, blah, blah. Right, and, and I, I got that. So some of the social aspect of it, I really, really liked. But like, when Pokemon came out, I was working at a boys' home, right, and so the boys were really into Pokemon. Therefore, I became into Pokemon because they would want to watch the show, and so I'd watch the show, and it was really interesting. And then you know, some kids wanted to learn how to play the game, and so I said, "Well, okay, fine, I'll learn how to play the game." Um, and I learned. I went, "I this, I it's, oh, I get it. I understand the the." 
strive for it, but I'll go fucking broke doing this shit. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, I, and then I started playing a game called, uh, we have aware of called of Marvel overpower. I've heard it. Is that like a card game? It like is exactly like Pokemon, right. except for it's Marvel. Right? Okay. And you would buy packs and you would build your packs. Man, I collected the shit out of that game. I had so many decks. You know those, those card long box cards, um, those long card boxes, right? For like uh, um, baseball cards and shit like that, right? The white corrugated, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I had uh, like two of those filled with Marvel Power cards, and I would sort out and trade and do all this. Like I got so deep into it, and this was in my fucking thirties, <laughs> right? This I'm a grown ass man doing this shit. But I've always been I've always been a grown a man baby. Um a man child, you know, in this aspect. That's why me and Paul Madeline get along so well. Um <laughs> we, we can both tap into that childhood joy that we find in that type of stuff. But man, like I, I actually just got rid of to come to do this. I had to get rid of those cards. I just found the box and I sold those cards. Uh got a pretty pretty form. I'm happy for that. Thank you uh for help funding the trip out here. And uh yeah, so I the Pokemon I couldn't do. I can't and I couldn't do it. I, I'd rather, you know right now I'm collecting memories. Um collecting adventures. I'm collecting tales around the world. Uh what I've been doing is collecting interviews. Oh yeah, that's right. Segway King. Um yeah. We were, uh, we were almost at the point of like, let's just make this a regular episode and bank it and then re-record for the interview. But uh, yeah, yeah no, what no, we no. got on deck today. Yeah, yeah. So today, uh, speaking of uh, interviews and collecting things, this is the last interview I did in... Nope, it's not. This is the first interview I did in Romania. Um, technically, it's still also the last interview I kind of did in Romania, uh, somebody in Romania. I'm hoping to get uh, an, another couple of friends or as Michael Claude. I'm hoping to get them on the, them on the podcast. So stay tuned, listeners. Um, but this was the first Romanian that I interviewed. Uh, this person is one of the founding members of Spin Cycle Theater out of France. Uh, they're an English speaking theater troupe out of France. You all have heard me talk about them. It was amazing when we first got here. I went to go see their show. And uh, this is my friend, Reluca, who became a very fast friend and has been instrumental on not just guiding me through, you know, Romanian life, but like so many different aspects, social, medical, um, you know, professional, right? Uh, Spin Cycle Theater is talking about putting on Reservate This, a call center musical, up as a one act. So I started reworking that into, uh, you know, Reservate This, the call center musical, one act, training day. And I'm working that. I'm working with them. I'm going to workshop that. So, you know, the the chance interaction of this person at this play sparked hopefully a lifelong friendship and professional collaboration that may take me to France, which would be amazing, right? Take us to Edinburgh. If they, if they, if they we would pop it up at fringe, It'd give me something to showcase to help me find producers for the full length musical. Right. So, I mean, the, the possibilities are beautiful and endless. And so we sat down 
in one of our Airbnbs here in Romania, had a lovely chat and talked about, of course, Spin Cycle Theater, her growing up in Romania, and so many other things. And I really, really had a fun time. So I'm really excited for listeners to get a chance to hear Raluca's story from her herself. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, guys, enjoy this interview. Interview. Interviews. Hello, world travelers. Welcome back to Big Sexy Digital Nomad. It's your host, Big Sexy, here uh, in Bucharest, Romania. Uh, I am sitting with uh, the second person that I met in Romania. Um, The first person I met was Claudia. Uh, She was taking the tickets in the pub um, for Love and Chaos, a series of one-act plays performed in the pub by this amazing French theater company that was made up of uh, four, five Americans and one Romanian. That's right. So you heard me right. I said, it's a French theater company made up of five Americans and one Romanian. And they came to Romania to perform Love and Chaos. And I talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, but I am honored now to be sitting with, were you like the founding... Um, one of the founders of yeah. the theater club, like is you, did you create it? Like, yeah, I mean, we all theater created club, like, it. Theater, theater organization, yeah. But it was a group effort. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sitting with one of the founders of Spin Cycle Theater. Uh, I'll be sure to put the the link in the description below, and the links all in another episode previously anyway. But I'm gonna do it anyhow again because you know it never hurts to promote multiple times. But I'm here with. Put your hands together. <laughs> Get ready for Raluca! <sighs> <laughs> wow, it's such a lovely crowd of four hands clapping together. Yay, that's right. Hi, everybody. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank podcast. you for coming. Thank you for coming. So uh, um, let's let's start at the beginning because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of times. Every time I've done this, I've always started from the beginning. Every time okay. I do Because I really like to start from, you know, uh, where you grew up, where, you know, where you're from, who you are. Tell, tell my listeners sure. all that kind of good stuff. Um, I grew up in Romania. Romania, Romania. Romania, Romania. <laughs> yeah. I grew up a little bit all over the place because I was born not very far from Bucharest. And I kind of stayed there until I was of um, school age. Um, I kind Which of in Bucharest is like in five, four, s- uh, seven, 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 oh, wow. six seven. or seven, six, okay. six and a half or seven. Yeah, and then I so I spent my first childhood, let's say, let's call it that, um, in the countryside uh, with a beautiful garden and my grandparents and my parents, and it was really nice. And then times got tough. <laughs> I had to go to school, uh, which I actually liked a lot because I, I'm an only child and I oh, really... Oh, same. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. That was a real yes, <laughs> high five. That's right. Um, and then I moved to the northeast part of Romania, which okay. is called the Moldavia part of Romania. Uh-huh. Um, something to do historically with the Republic of Moldova, but 
I'm not going to get into that. And then okay. I studied there until I was 18, 19. And then I moved to Bucharest to pursue my studies, which had nothing to do with acting at that time. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, were your, what were your studies when, uh, at that time? What did, you, what, what did you initially go to school for? Right. So because I didn't have the guts to go for acting immediately. But did, did you want to... Were you like... I want to do acting, but I'm not kind of nervous about it, or was it just not in your... In it was your not program? kind of like, I'm kind of nervous about it. It was almost like this unreachable thing uh, to... As for me, for me at that time in my head, with my, you know, psychological walls that I had to jump over uh, to imagine pursuing anything artistic, which is why I went to university to study journalism because I thought, ooh, that's kind of... It's close. That's, yeah, that's nice. You get to talk to people, be out in the field... And then I also got into a business uh, school, so I did those in par- parallel. Okay. And that business school actually brought me to France for the first time in nice. 2010, because uh, there's a program in Europe called the Erasmus Exchange. It's, it's basically a student exchange. The Erasmus. Yeah. So it's a scholarship that you get to go and study to at another university in Europe. In Europe. So that's when I... Man, Europeans got it. Got it good. Yeah. <laughs> you really do. Yeah, it's it's really nice. I think it has helped a lot with the cultural exchange, which is why you see so many people, so many, like, international marriages. Um, and, uh, yeah, judging from my, you know, observation and feeling about other cultures and countries when I was little and Romania was didn't really have... Um, traveling across borders as a natural phenomenon um yeah you you see italians as your neighbors as uh you know you see spanish people as they're just like okay they're not the big scary weirdos (laughs) you know because they're there and it's easy to access and we've been there and we like it right 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 yeah Excellent. So, where, where after uh, business school, mm-hmm. what was that trend? So, you're in France. Yeah. Uh, you're studying business mm-hmm. and um, journalism. Yeah. Uh, in France, I only went with the business school. I oh, had to ju- freeze just my the, okay, journalism. Okay. So you said forget yeah. journalism. Yeah. I'll, I'll come back to that exactly. later. Exactly. That's what I did. Uh, let me let me do, go to France for yeah. business. Yeah, and, yeah. and then what happened? And then I I was very impressed by their educational system. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to become a, a university professor. And I wanted to do that. And so when I came back to my original university here in Bucharest, I took other courses. But I found out that as much as I had intellectual ambitions like that, they didn't really match with my soul. So I had a like a... Um, one of those uh, identity crises, like, right. what am I doing? This is absurd. I was studying risk management for international financial transactions, I, I, which, well, the, the curses helped me forget about those right. because I really didn't like the curriculum. And so I was like, no, 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 no. I have one life. I got to do what I want to do. Excellent. Yeah. And so I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to France. And when you went to France, did you speak French before um, you got there? Not very much because um, because I didn't I, I'm not as proficient in French even now as I am in English. Okay. Because of my own affinity towards the language and the culture, I find um, Anglophone cultures much more um, uh, suited to my personality. I think I don't know. Okay. Let's say. Um, and yeah, I didn't get as good. 
practice uh, during school years for French, but I did do a, a French kind of like up to up to speed, up to level course before right. going there. And then it helps because you get there and the French speaks so darn fast and you it takes like a couple of months to... Um, Adjust your ear, right? Yeah, to just like know where a, a word ends and the other one begins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it does all sound like yeah. one sound. Exactly. Like you just said one sound. I'm pretty sure it's broken up into words, but I can't tell where that word ended yeah, and exactly. the next word began. Yeah, that's at the beginning. Right. Everybody's uh, experience with a new language. But we as Romanians were a bit blessed in that we are Latin um, Latin based. Yeah, so a lot of words are very similar or, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And yeah. then, uh, so what was the transition like from business to theater? Like, how did that come about? Um, it was a bit scary at the beginning. Ooh, I like scary. <laughs> Tell me about scary. Yeah, because, um, I don't know, I think I was born with this existential crisis in my blood. So, you know, which is, again, just my own psychological demon to befriend right. over tea. But, um, yeah, like... That would make a great one act, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, 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 yeah, to befriend a demon. To befriend your own personal demon... Yeah. Over tea. Over tea. I mean, I'm 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 basing this on on a meme that I once saw or something or on a little caricature, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it was scary. Uh, listen, if that's already a one act or a play, uh, add that in the comments. Let me know because if it's not, I'm, I might have to write that sketch. There we go. Um, yeah, it was a bit scary because I was, I think, with, with 24. You, we're we're going to write that sketch together. Let's do it. <laughs> Sorry, you, were, you were 24. 24 or 25, and I thought, you know, there's all of these things that you hear that, oh, you know, there's so there's not so many jobs for... It's very sexist in the end, if you come to think about it. Um, it's as if you're a 25-year-old woman and your life is finished, you know, or you had to be in the industry much earlier on or whatever but I decided to do it nonetheless um, I kind of closed my eyes and went through the tunnel and, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it now? was fine <laughs> there's an exit yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, not, it's not that those fears those no. those they're perceived barriers yeah exactly they're, they're, they're not there yeah they're only perceived by yeah. those who aren't in the, in the right. industry in the business in the business as we say yeah um, I mean it's not a very nice business it's not it's, it's a very hard one but uh, I think with people mm, what we are not told when we're young is that you cannot just let's say finish a school get hired get married and and that's the end of it that was maybe true for other generations before us but i think you have to be consciously tackling difficulties that arise in any kind of path you have chosen so it doesn't even i think you know just knowing that is gonna make a lot of people be like okay I just have to know what I'm up against, and I will have to face it in the yeah. end. You know. Yeah, I think a lot. I think it was that was kind of the same. Even back in older generations, they just mm. buried it. They just they, Maybe. they 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 chose to not acknowledge it. Mm. Right. They chose to say, "Well, yeah, I have the difficulty, but you know, that's just the way things are." Right. And I, yeah. I'll just keep doing this, even though I'm really unhappy and right. unhappy with this. Right. And then eventually, we're like, no, fuck that. I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna. Right. I'm, I need. But I need to work for I, that. I don't feel. 
uh, whenever I'm in, whenever I'm doing, I don't feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, mm. right? Um, as a fellow creative, we, we understand that, like, I, I need to to get my hands dirty. I need to create. I need to invest, investigate the soul, investigate what makes things tick, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and there's this whole industry where that is done on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Although I have my own soapbox about the fact that there's no health insurance in that industry, there's no, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote job security in that yeah. industry, and it's it's much of a part of every culture. Yeah. As a construction worker or a medical practitioner yeah. or a lawyer practitioner, right? I mean, it's 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 within those industries, and yet somehow we are seen as we're playing or right. it's just whatever. Except for it's a multi-billion-dollar industry, yeah. multi-trillion-dollar industry. We're not playing. Mm. This is work. And I mean, let me the big sexy step off his soapbox real quick. No, but I think what you're saying is very honest and yeah. truthful. Yeah. Now, how did you? Um, uh, so, so you, you you go through the tunnel. Yeah. Um, you come out the other side, and where are you? I am now uh, someone who's living in France, a weirdo alien Romanian living in France and trying to act in English. And <laughs> yeah, it's not been easy. So, what I wanted to say earlier is that okay, maybe you choose something that makes your soul happy, but then if that's not lucrative you're gonna have to find ways to address that right the flip side is you know you go and work in a place where that kills your soul and after 10 years or so you're gonna have to find things that you know make your heart race with with excitement too because there's no you gotta have yeah. no other way you know if you're gonna be happy so now i am in paris but i'm now here with you in yes, Bucharest. Um, and for the past two years, um, I've been working alongside my wonderful, wonderful uh, friends and teammates at Spin Cycle Theater, which is an anglophone um, theater company based in Paris uh, with five Americans and a Romanian. <laughs> and I, and I've t- my listeners, I've talked about them. Of course, I talked about them when I first mm-hmm. met you guys because it was the biggest event, uh, the amazing. Of the century. <laughs> Of at least my time in Romania, still, still the highlight okay. of my time here. Um, I haven't gone to Dracula's Castle yet. I'm sure that might right. that might get close to that. Yeah. Um, but even see, like I saw the Arc de Triomphe, mm-hmm. right? That was in very interesting. But you know, there's something for me. Yeah. There's something cool about seeing monuments mm-hmm. and major architecture, like old cities filled with amazing architecture, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see. But I like. I want to be in it. I want to experience it. Like, I see that. I see it. There it is. Yay. Did you walk under it? No, no, because we're waiting for the... the, We're waiting for... I don't know um, if you can, but maybe at night you can just sneak in. We might end up going back to the park because I know at some point in time you can actually go in it. The other thing, we also have Fox with us and so a lot of times we can't go in places or do things. Um, But that being said, like, seeing this theater show in this small little pub mm-hmm. right actually an actual pub like took me way back to my younger theater days okay right of, of that gorilla theater you you see theater where you can you support artists mm-hmm. where you can a lot of that you know a lot of improv I, I do improvisation so a lot of improv happens in these shows like yeah. our, my improv troupe the birth of Vic Taxi was <laughs> with the Swingin' Johnson brothers shout out to my brothers um and we there, we had a show every other Sunday in a coffee depot. Okay. 
Okay. Right, it was a little train station turned into a coffee spot. And every other Sunday, they had a stage in there, and we performed our improv show. Beautiful. Every second Sunday. So I love that nitty-gritty, we're going to put on a show for you, whoever shows up, how many people come here. You know, I had a lovely, delicious pizza. Yeah. Um, and you were such a, a lovely member of the audience because I think you came on this. Yeah, you came, came on, on the second, second night. night. Mm-hmm. It was so uh, weird for us to perform um, at the beginning in a different culture. And that's why I was talking to my friends yesterday from the theater company. And I was asking them for their, you know, opinions after a few weeks of very, very well-deserved holidays. Right. And they were saying that they loved it and... Um, it was packed. We were here. F- they were here for four to five days, um, so it was packed and crazy. And we went on a tour and everything. But as per the experience itself of performing in Romania, the first night I think people were not as uh, receptive, maybe, to our comedy uh, as we might have thought. Um, and yeah, comedy is the most difficult to translate across yeah, cultures. Yeah, usually gets lost in translation. Yeah. yeah jokes hit with someplace exactly. else. Versus other... Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely accurate. Yeah. yeah. But on the second night, uh, the audience was fantastic and <laughs> you were laughing your heart out. Uh, because I got all the American jokes. I got, all, I got every single English joke. I would say, and not necessarily American, yeah. but the, the, the jokes that kind of pop up, I'm going, okay, that's... I'm laughing. I'm the only one laughing. I'm the only... Lost in translation. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I get why that's you know why that's why you know no. Okay. Yeah. 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 There were some a lot of cultural like uh, references because um, one of the plays is called Split, and some of the jokes, um, I don't know, percentage wise, maybe like thirty, forty percent of the jokes are Star about Wars are Star Wars related. So. Right. Yeah. And I'm a nerd. Yeah. So, yeah, you really, really spoke, like, that one, oh, that really spoke to me. I, I, that's the one, of course, that's the one that I, I locked in. That's why I have notes for it. Yeah. I'm, oh, no, I want to see this part of it. I want to keep that going. Yeah. Right. Um, but now, how did you all meet? How did the, the Spin Cycle Theater come together? So, five of us met in an acting studio uh, called the Keys Acting Studio in Paris, um, who ha- which has as a coach uh, Seishiomi, who is a St- Stella, um, sorry, Stella Adler graduate. Okay. Um, and so, we all felt like we needed supplementary training, Um, after our various um, theater schools Um, and it was a great space for exploration Um, it's funny because with with say we did a lot of drama and he he is someone who can be a very good coach on um, very natural naturalistic is that a a type of acting and uh, after the and Yeah, after the pandemic hit, uh, of course, the studio got closed. Right. And um, we were on Zoom reading stuff. And apparently, we read something very um, dramatic as well. Uh, For the first time, we decided to do just a reading of plays over Zoom. I don't remember that. I think I blocked it. (laughs) (laughs) But then we started reading comedies. And it was as if life had been blown back into us. Uh, we started reading the plays of Christopher Durang, who okay. was 
phenomenal. Right. And he is very funny and absurd. And he just takes uh, characters to directions that other playwrights don't, even if they're writing comedy. And that really spoke to us. So we decided to patch up a, a small little theater company <laughs> to put on his place. And that's what we did last year in 2022. Uh, when we did um, a series of one acts by him as okay. well. Now, who came up with the name? Right, so, okay. Because I haven't asked that question. I've been saving that question for this moment. Long right story. Now. So, uh, we have a very funny, funky, mad person in our troupe called Ellie. <laughs> Yay, Ellie! And, uh, you heard me mention Ellie, she's whimsical. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so she said at the beginning, half jokingly, haha, guys, well, we're just some random, independent, broke artists in Paris. We need to fund ourselves somehow. And as a joke, she said, you know, those people who sell their socks on <laughs> websites <laughs> uh, for, I don't know, hundreds of dollars, we should do that. And then, you know, then we started laughing. And then, I don't know who said, let's call ourselves Dirty Laundry Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we actually had that as a working title, you know, uh, as an inside joke, basically. Right. And then we were like, okay, we need to get the marketing material done. What are we going to call it? For real? Dirty laundry? Not bad, not bad. We tied that up with, uh, with, um, with uh, the idea to say that we like to air out. Air out dirty laundry. Yeah, right. and which, which is maybe what we do sometimes, hopefully, <laughs> um, in our plays and performances. Um, but then uh, it was taken. It was taken by another Oh. theater company in New York yeah. I think even another music company it's somewhere. crazy when you start re- re- researching yeah. you come up with a great name yeah. oh that's really good oh, let's, let's see if anybody else has it yeah. oh well, there's 30 people who have something right, exactly. close around there okay yeah Yeah, but then you know you know as a spin off of uh, Dirty Laundry we thought where, well, where do you wash it in the washing machine okay spin cycle you know and I, and I think it has a nice ring to it I like spin cycle yeah. theater yeah, yeah yeah it's funny because it, it provokes not provokes invokes mm-hmm. uh, several different ideas mm-hmm. in my head okay right so spin cycle yeah. it's the part of the wash when you know it's almost done yeah everything should be clean and hopefully this is going to kind of dry it out right not completely yeah you still got to either put it in the dryer or hang it up but it's going to get most of the water out yeah so like theater it gets most of it out. You still got to do some work at the end of it, mm-hmm. right? But we've already kind of set everything up and we've cleaned everything up and we put things together. And this is where it's almost done. Right. And then we're going to leave you with the thoughts behind it. Oh, my God. To to uh, finish it out mm-hmm. and, and dry it out in your own way. I'm going to take that if you don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. If you want to use that. Because <laughs> we yes. didn't think about that. Right. Okay. Now, the other thing it puts <laughs> in my head, oddly enough, is I heard spin cycle and I think of spin classes. Okay. Right. Of riding a bicycle. Are you familiar with those yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. classes? Yeah, yeah. So I'm all, do they mean like riding a bicycle? Spin? We've had that many, like a few times before. Yeah. And I think, okay, so of course, you know, my theatrical brain goes, what do they mean by, if they mean, do they mean the bicycle? What they do? I guess, you know, everybody gets in the class and everybody's on a bike and you're not going anywhere but you're still having an experience yeah. that's the experience of theater you are sitting still mm-hmm. 
everybody in the theater, for the most part, <laughs> is sitting still. God, you are amazing. But you're having a different type of experience based on how fast it's spinning, how slow you're spinning, what you're bringing to it, what 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 is being given to you, right. who the instructor is or the actors are, what they're bringing to the energy level they're bringing, right? That is a different type of experience, even though you're still stationary. Right. That's amazing. Um, again, did not think about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. this, is what happened, you, this is what happened when a, when a big theater head sees, yep. <laughs> goes, oh, let me analyze that name. What does that right. mean? I love names. I love coming up and figuring out what names mean mm-hmm. and, and going through that whole thing. Um, that's awesome. Uh, who did you... Uh, so five of you were in yes. the same class. And, and then Ryan... Uh, also, who's, a, who's an odd six, person out? Yeah, so he's a very good friend. Uh, now we're very good friends all together, but he was a very good friend of Christian alone. Okay. Um, yeah, they they met. Uh, they both work slash worked because um, I think Ryan's not working at Disneyland Paris. Right. Uh, and they did uh, awesome cowboy shows together. Right. And, yeah, I met uh, Ryan, talked to him. He's a stunt person. We had some stunt conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he Te- technically the third person of uh, that I met uh, right in Romania because he's the first person that I met after the show ended. He was the first person to come down uh-huh. and say thank you for coming and all okay. that kind of. Of course, I sat right up in the front because I wanted to be really close. But um, yeah, yeah. So and then oh, I'm all you you you're American. Yeah, I know you're American. I can tell. I, I'm American, so I hear it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But um, I thought everybody was going to be French. No, you're American. Like, cool. I'm going to mention the all, oh, yes. all the names now because uh, I talked about Ellie. I talked about Ryan. But basically, the the people that met in Say's studio were me, Ellie, Ali, Alan, <laughs> funny, and Christian. Uh, and and Ryan. then Ryan came to join us afterwards. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You had, you guys heard me saying that before. Like I had a, the night of. I kept going. Ellie, <laughs> Allie, Alan. Yeah, that's it. Ryan, <laughs> Christian, Raluca. Yeah. Raluca is easy. Raluca, I got that. That's that's a unique name. I see it written in my head, but yeah, the other ones. Yeah, that's flow together. Mm-hmm. It almost sound like a song. Yeah. Yeah. All the spin cycle theater. And how how long have you guys been together? Um. F- so this is our second year. Uh. But we've we met I think about four years ago, something like that. Okay. Yeah. And then this was your first tour. Oh my God! Yes, the first tour. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. We we got when we when we left to go to Romania. Say our coach said. Uh, we were exchanging messages about some other thing and he said and yes good luck on your first first tour and I thought that was funny because <laughs> uh, it is one tour comprised of one country yeah, <laughs> one, one tour two shows yeah same country yeah uh, and it's a home country from one of the members of yeah. the group yeah now, how did you, how did you, uh, did you already have a relationship with the pub from when you were here before? Yeah, um, so um, a friend of mine whom I've met a long time ago before going to Paris to become an actress, uh, I met him in an acting class here. His name is Mike Savuico. Uh, Hi, Mike. Hello. Uh, he, um, I think he was in high school the, at, when we met. I was finishing college and he was finishing high school and then he went to the UK to study drama there in a drama school in London 
and then he came back because he thought that I think he was going to be more useful trying to um, shape the Romanian culture here than stay there. And he's now a director and producer. And uh, he's been really wonderful in helping us organize the, the, the shows here. Uh, he basically uh, flew us in and uh, gave me and us all the contacts to handle uh, the production of the show in Romania. Nice, cool deal. Yeah. Um, lovely, very helpful, actually. And he helps set up the whole yeah. uh, time at the pub and everything. Yeah, exactly. So he's the he's my mafia he's connection a producer. Nice, in yes. Romania, as they say. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And yeah. you said you, you did the two shows yeah. at the pub. Mm-hmm. Um, of the two, mm-hmm. what was your experience like? What was that? What was that whole experience like? Like. You know, mm-hmm. the start of like, okay, we're really gonna do this. We're gonna put this show together. We're rehearse the show. We're gonna bring it here, perform it, and then you know, what was that whole thing like? So um, we already had an experience about um, of, of doing one act from the previous year. Oh, that's oh. Uh, for everybody listening. That, that's Fox yeah. uh, walking having, around. Uh, he's having a uh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to threaten you. He's having a little cough attack. Uh, so yeah, we had already done that with our previous show, um, but this year it was different because we thought we would just group some short plays uh, around a theme of love, and because we are who we are, we we thought we need to add a chaotic element to it. So we chose some plays that are quite absurd, uh, of not very well-known authors. And um, it was actually Ellie who found, I think, yeah, uh, all of them, except oh, for okay. the Palomino. The Palomino was written by our um, dear friend Oscar. Shout okay. out to Oscar. Nice. Hello, Oscar. Um, so we, as soon as we got the text together, we started rehearsing. And the way we do things is that we very quickly decide what the cast is for each play. And we direct each other. So there's, um, for each play, a main director who has the overarching vision, let's say. Okay. But we all chip in with ideas right. and propositions. And it's really nice because from that point of view, we really get along well. And it's been fantastic for me um to see that kind of flow in a in a in a creative effort um i I don't feel stressed when i go to work with them uh i feel like yeah we're we're playing we're playing but don't tell anybody (laughs) because yes if we go to work it doesn't feel like work then it's the best thing ever because i think that when you start studying acting i don't know if this might resonate with few or more than just a few people but there's this thing where you're constantly under a magnifying glass and you know if you're a painter or a singer or another type of artist you feel like well it's okay if I screwed up this painting or the song whatever I still have my identity but it's so easy to have your identity confused with um, the actor in you Mm -hmm. because if you uh, I don't know if you are given really bad feedback on a monologue or, or a scene that you play in, in acting school. I think you start to question who you are, you know, like, what is wrong with me? Can't I just take, put one foot in front of the other? You know, you're just like, who am I? You know, because your whole, your whole body and voice and everything is your instrument. So, right. 
it's very nice to be working with them. I'm super, super grateful to be able to just explore like a child, really. That's how we do it. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, can, I can tell, one, I can tell the camaraderie yeah. amongst everybody. Mm -hmm. um, it really reads on stage. Yeah. That uh, you all play well together, mm. right? That there there is professionalism and, and you know working, and I can see the personality types and mm -hmm. how you guys bounce off whatever, okay. whatever. It's very it's very interesting, and you guys fit a lot of uh, actor stereotypical really? character characteristics, okay. right? Character types. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's really, it's really amazing that this group of six individuals mm -hmm. each has one of the act, the main stereotypes that you hear. Okay, of I'm really curious to see. What... So, <laughs> um, let's start at the beginning. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll end with you. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So, Ryan, mm -hmm. uh, he's your stuntman. He's your 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 main. Um, Uh, your physical male lead, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? He'll be your bro. Mm -hmm. He'll be he'll be your your palomino. Okay, yeah, sure. Right? He'll <laughs> he he'll right. He's that um, that that masculine mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, energy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you will. Right? Yeah. Um, you have Christian, mm -hmm. uh, who is a, a leading man with a comedic flair. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That is. That that world, he lives in that world. He's leading man with comedic flair. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have Alan, mm -hmm. right? Alan is your short best friend who's <laughs> silly as hell <laughs> and funny, mm -hmm. right? He brings a lot more of the comedic relief. Um, he's the jokester, right? Yeah. Um, that's Alan. You have Ellie. Ellie is your uh, ingenue. Mm -hmm. uh, she is your um, your Uh, the lead female, mm -hmm. if you will, mm -hmm. right? She uh, 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 just has that presence mm -hmm. uh, on stage. Then you have Allie. Mm -hmm. Allie is your quiet, mm -hmm. reserved, really strong performer, mm -hmm. but really, all, like the majority of her, of her energy is in that performance. Mm -hmm. And there is none less for the outside world, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Like, honestly, you're like, she's a powerhouse. You mean it? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> right? Uh, and then Raluca is the the big dramatic powerhouse, right? <laughs> she has she provides the um, she's the one who brings up the energy. Uh, uh, is is not the most artistic, but. Um, And not the most dramatic, because dramatic has, when you say it like that, it sounds negative. Mm -hmm. But I don't mean it in the negative term. It's, it's okay, the, I'll take it. I don't have a problem with the it's, word. <laughs> it's the most dramatic, right? It, it, it's it's uh, the 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 biggest energy mm -hmm. on stage, whether it be comedic, whether it have to be um, uh, aggressive, whether it has to be emotional, mm -hmm. right? You take the biggest swings mm, okay. in in those in those areas, right? You'd be the go-to for okay. This is the step sister who has a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Thank you. Right, <laughs> that you go to you for that, right? Okay. Uh, this is the this is the sister who um, 
is above all the other sisters, you go to Ellie for that. Mm-hmm. This is the sister who needs, uh, who who kind of wants to be in control, but it's kind of not. You go to Ali for that, mm-hmm. right? That that's where you all. That's nice. And, and again, it's, it was amazing to watch how you all gel together mm-hmm. because it is really six different mm-hmm. characters, and there's, and there's not that many different character mm-hmm. types in theater. Okay. Right. Um, you know, they say there's only six stories told. I believe there's only six stories told, and there's only seven, act, seven actors to tell it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then, uh, especially if you're in the Commedia dell'arte, mm-hmm. right, there are these caricature types uh, within Commedia dell'arte, and everybody fits that okay. role. The only thing you don't have, the seventh one missing, mm-hmm. is your pompous idiot. Okay. Right. Well, I think Alan, Alan, Alan gets yeah. close. <laughs> Alan gets close, right? He, he plays oh, the that role. Idiot. The oh, pompous idiot. The yeah. pompous idiot. Yeah, right? he could do it. Right? He, he could. Yeah. He could, but he's... Um, he's too nice. I think, I think he's too <laughs> self-aware. Oh, okay. He's too self-aware to uh, be able to... I don't, well, again, I don't know his acting. Nah. I've, only seen, I've only seen him twice. Mm-hmm. Once. I've only seen him act once. Yeah, yeah. And several different things. Um, to be that unaware of how insensitive he's being and how stupid he's being <laughs> and how snobby he's being mm-hmm. which is what that pompous idiot is I would love to see him in that I think he could pull it off I think he could yeah I think I think he, he, yeah. he'd be alright but uh, yeah so those, those are I think the seven uh, character types and six of them are in your company that's amazing we're looking for anybody out there we're looking for a pompous idiot in real life just so it's an easy transition no. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, now being the only non-American mm-hmm. in this French troupe yeah well it's an it's kind of like it's, a, an, Ameri- it's an American, American theater yeah, troupe yeah. in France yeah I get it yeah um, what's that experience like like how's that like for you um, it's easy. I don't know. I've always gelled with um, expats and international people. I have friends from pretty. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, right. Yeah, I have. I have a lot of English-speaking friends, um, whether they be natives or non-natives, um, in my tribe, whatever community, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, it's not it's not um it's not a big deal. Sometimes when we're together, because when we work, um, we have a lot of we always serve dinner or something, and so we get talking about other stuff. Sometimes I will miss out on a cultural reference because I'm not like I'm not familiar. With, I've never been to the states, and I'm not familiar with the ins and outs of whatever there's on a supermarket shelf or like the like but like the day-to-day you know that they grew up with and they're gonna say this brand of biscuits and crack a joke about it i'm like explain right (laughs) but other than that it's um i think we have very similar values and what matters and so i gel with them very well just as i gel with my other friends from other parts of the world that yeah, I and I think, yeah, and we're very and we're, we're very close friends, and I think we also consciously or subconsciously or unconsciously really pr- place that um, as um, uh, at a core level of our uh, group. I don't think 
I don't think we would do anything that would upset the other person just for the sake of advancing or right. yeah I, I hope I think I yeah that's that's what we're based on did you now did you travel uh, did you travel a lot as a kid or me yeah no not really uh, because um, in Romania the borders were not very open I mean you could oh, travel abroad there's that part <laughs> well I mean you could travel abroad but you needed visas you needed money you needed all those things that were not very accessible to you and not your first thought Right. You know, in, I was born in 89, so I had nine horrible months under communism <laughs> no, that I don't remember. No, right. they were fine, probably, because I was in the countryside, didn't care. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it took a while for the traveling culture to reach us, you know, um, and for it to be accessible. So I traveled a little bit inside the country, but... It's still no, inside Romania. What was your first, like, outside of Romania trip to? I went to Greece when I was 13 with my parents okay. uh, to the seaside. Um, and then the next time I went somewhere was through the south of Europe to, to Spain. To Spain! To Spain, which you love. We which know you we guys love. love. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> all of Spain, actually. Yeah, Spain is such a beautiful country. Um, and then that was it for uh, a few more years. So I think I was almost 18 when I went to Spain. And then um, the next time I went somewhere was my Erasmus scholarship uh, to Paris. So yeah, it was like every four years or something, I would go to a new place. But yeah. No, but I'm. I was thirsty of of of, of discovering other things. New There's something, new yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And what have what have you learned from traveling? What is what has been, you know, like a, a, a alternating, oh, not alternating, an altering um, experience for you, like. Like going to like like going to Greece at thirteen with your parents. Yeah, it was pretty, we were still in a bubble. Yeah. The but, same happened going when to I was Spain, Mm. Did, this, did the same yeah, happen because, in Spain? Yeah, because, you know, we were, again, going on vacation, so we took a bus. Vacation is different, yeah. Yeah, and we stopped in a few places, and we were a group with a group of Romanians. We were on a bus, whatever, coming back. So right. you see the landscape. Um, yeah, it's your it's, first it's still, visual impact, yeah. let's say, of, 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 of other worlds. But um, the real... Um, the France... The, yeah, the real cultural shock, my first cultural shock, um, was when I lived in France for the first time, and I was very surprised at seeing how happy people were on a general level compared to Romanians. Um, there was a, there was. Um, it's funny because you know in America we don't see French as happy. Oh no, they can be super rude, but right. not all of them, obviously. No, obviously, obviously, obviously. I'm, 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 I'm like, talking strictly stereotype. Yeah. Strictly stereotype. Like, I mean, I, I tell my French listeners, you know, I love you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a je m'en fichisme culture. Like je m'en fiche means I don't care, you know. So. Uh, I sound like German the, fish. No. <laughs> so there's, a, there's a shrug sometimes that, you know, like you're telling somebody French of your problem or, or, or of something that needs to be fixed. And if they consider that thing to be small enough to be ignored, they'll be like, eh, je m'en fiche. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> German fish. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
Oh, okay, yes, yeah. yeah. And um, what was I saying? What were we talking about? Oh, French. And oh, yeah. Your, your oh, yes. And how, how it altered your yeah, experience? Yeah, because uh, there's a certain... There was a... Because of the difference in um, quality of life, obviously, everybody was... You know, there's a certain energy that you walk around with and that you um, um, transmit. And so... One of the things was that I was um, <laughs> I was um, living on a on a very busy street, and there was this very tall uh, beggar, homeless person. Uh, he was very young. He must have not been older than twenty five. He's super huge, and uh, I remember him bending over to ask for une petite pièce, so a, a, a little quarter or like a dime. Mm-hmm. To my to my friend who was super short and like he was so graceful but he also had this air of it's fine everything will be provided anyway and he was a homeless person so you know as a person coming from the Eastern Europe where everything is harder <laughs> um, you know I was totally shocked by that totally shocked and then by you know like three or four months living in France. I, I, I was completely convinced that they were putting something in the baguette <laughs> to get everybody a little bit high. <laughs> mm, something um, in the baguette and the brie. Yeah, but mm. it was just people are more comfortable. They have a more mm. comfortable lifestyle. So that was that was my first oh, question. Remember Eastern Bloc, yeah. We experienced that here. We made like, oh, this... Okay, I feel the oppression. Yeah. Yeah, the buildings are like. Oh yeah, yeah not to mention the buildings. The, the buildings, yeah, mm-hmm. are, are very oppressive, and the nature and the people like are lovely. The people are lovely, but man, they they seem beaten down. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, there's. I feel oh, like oh, there's and the older like, people, the young people, not so much. No, people, no. But I think yeah. it's a new era, new age. You know. There's a there's a big. I think there's a big discrepancy of of standards of living between, um, let's say, people who are older here and do not have necessarily. Um, uh, a su- su- superior education and because that really doesn't that that's one thing that gets me down about Romania is that not all trades have the same rate of success right. so it really that's why a lot of Romanians are actually very educated a lot of younger Romanians people who are now even 40s 50s like you it's almost like your college degree is your lifeline right um, and yeah so yeah, that's. Oh, keep going. Keep going. That's that's what I that's that's what I experienced as a reverse cultural shock. You know, coming coming back for Christmas. I remember every it was Christmas and I was happy and everybody in the metro was sad, thinking <laughs> how many sarmale will I put on the table. Um, yeah. Which yeah, again, it's a, it's a it's a sad reality for 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 many people. Not all of them. Um, I am now shocked at how expensive everything has become and right. how the I economy is your, booming. Look on your face when we told you how much we were paying through Airbnb. Right, because it's comparable to prices that people pay in Paris, and it's to me, it's not. Right. Um, but yeah, I was just talking yesterday to to an entrepreneur, and I was saying the same thing, and he was saying, you know what, Romania is like this. Nobody has money, but everybody has money. Because he was saying, yes, there's, basically, there's, yeah, there's the, let's say, oppressed side. Mm-hmm. But then there are all the coffee shops and, and restaurants always have reservations. Um, 
So it's yeah, there's a lot of contrast in Romania. A lot of contrast. Now how, how do you how do you so. think uh, that contrast? Um, not just the, the contrast of young and old in Romania, mm-hmm. but of your experiences outside of your home country, but you're still connected to your home country. Of How course. do you think that is shaping you as an individual? Um, I think that okay, so I think and, and being art, an artist, right? Right, because that that because you're not you're not dealing with that as mm-hmm. a doctor. You're not dealing with right. that as a you know a, a right. A okay, that's interesting. Worker, right? That's very interesting. You're, you're viewing this in the world as a, as an artist. Mm-hmm. So as a, just as a human, I think it equips you with more things. I think you're more, um, since there's an, like your amplitude of emotions, but also of tools that you're equipped with to see the world through. Um, I think it's allowing you to see more nuance. What I'm finding right now in the world is that we are so obsessed with labeling everything. I don't know if this has always been the obsession of humanity, but, um, yeah. In, in, this, in what way? In this cancel culture, for example, you know, you, especially those people who, who come to it from um, a very fear-based instinct of not being in the wrong. It's basically the same thing that maybe people were... Uh, or maybe the same way in which people were behaving when they adopted religions in the past, you know, to not be in the wrong. So to not be in the wrong, I'm going to exclude anybody who makes the smallest mistake or, you know, and it's, I find it very unforgiving. Whereas I find that there's a lot of nuances and also there's a lot of reasons for which people can act very stupid in a situation, (laughs) but like really dumb. But if you don't uh, open yourself to the conversation base um, about no a conversation about why that is happening, right. you just end up um, fractioning or fragmenting society even more. And it's like, but we've done this before. Yeah, but it's I not worked. If that, I, it, I think that's the plan. I think that's by design. Mm. I think the fag- fragmenting of society is by design because mm. a united society rises up against their, their oppressors. Right. 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 And the best way to oppress you mm-hmm. is not to ha- not to fight you, but to get you fighting somebody else. Right. Divide et impera. Divide and conquer. Yes, that's right. Because nothing about it is German fish. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, no. It's not okay. It's, it's designed to... It's a stinky fish. Much, much stinkier m- fish. Way stinkier fish. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really gross, stinky, oppressive, mm-hmm. divide and conquer fish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, and that, but then our job as artists... Is to see the nuances. Is to, to see, and, yeah. and, to, and to tell the people. Mm. To express it in the most creative fashion that we can. Look, like I saw... Um, um, Michaela Coles, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, I'm sorry. Uh, I May Destroy You, um, a couple of years ago. Okay, yes, I'm familiar. Yeah, and so at one point, okay, so she's the victim of a, of a rape um, or of a sexual harassment. I think it's full, full on, full blown rape, mm-hmm. actually. And uh, as she, throughout the series, starts remembering that, all of the details associated to that, uh, because her drink was oh my god well I'm sorry for everybody who hasn't watched it I'm spoiling it Spoil- <laughs> yeah, I, I, the spoiler alert 
This is your one and only warning. If you haven't seen I May Destroy You, which is four years old now. Something like that. Yeah, if you haven't seen it within the next four years, if you're, if you're planning on watching it, it's on your list. Pause this uh, and then come back to this after you um, have watched the show. Okay, also, also, like, even if you have not watched it, uh, like, spoilers can only spoil so much. Oh, so much. But basically, yeah, so she remembers uh, after ha- her drink having been spiked throughout the show, the all the details um, about her rig. And at one point, um, she starts uh, getting a lot of clout for, because she posts about it on social media, and she... Uh, becomes an asshole about it because she, uh, what she does with that attention, even though she was the victim and um, the actress uh, and, and writer made a very special point of saying, yes, I did want to, uh, for people to see her as somebody who, uh, whose power went to her head and she became an asshole because one of the sub-threads uh, of the plot is that she ignores a friend of hers who is gay and uh, basically whatever her struggles with the patriarchy were um, he has similar struggles but kind of like in the shadow of that mm-hmm. and I found that really nice so you know hopefully all of um, all of these contrasts in the world uh, get people to see nuance because that is what we need to see nuance. Uh, yes, I, th- I think I really agree with you that seeing nuance is what makes it's hard to stay closed-minded mm-hmm. um, and not yeah. open to change and thought processes without being able to see nuance to, to without being able to see somebody else's experience mm-hmm. and not just judge everything by your own experience mm-hmm. right like no you grew up as you know a little girl in Romania and mm-hmm. I grew up as a little you know, black boy in California mm-hmm. we had completely different mm-hmm. you know we're coming to this moment right now with completely different backgrounds yeah thoughts images things that were formulated by experiences and whatever mm-hmm. um, they brought us to this one same moment Mm-hmm. where we're sitting, chatting, mm-hmm. talking, or whatever. Um, and there's nuance involved in that. And if I could only see the world through my own original right. upbringing eyes and I refuse, I want to, I fucking wouldn't be in Romania, for one. Disclaimer. I wouldn't be in Bucharest. Um, you know, and you'd, and you'd only have been in Bucharest. Yeah. Right? You would not have been to France and you wouldn't be hanging out with a bunch of other Americans and, mm-hmm. and putting on plays in English and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know? Um, and I was sitting here and, and, and another American who just happened to come to your show and, and hang out with, and you've been so helpful. Like, I keep talking, I'll talk to my listeners hear me talk about all the time how you've been very helpful and, mm-hmm. and, and instrumental and not just, you know, in providing, um, uh, a tribe mm-hmm. uh, here, right? Because I always say, you know, a place starts to feel more comfortable and you feel connected when you For find sure. people, mm-hmm. right? And and you're the first person I found. I'm like, oh, this is like, okay, let's talk. Look at her. She's a Romanian. Help me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm spreading my grip. Look at him. Chris. I got you three. I think you all three in the same room. Yeah, you do. Um, so we're going to have a mouse on together. That's, that's the next step. Um, well, 
maybe yeah i think one nice thing about romanians as a culture if i can generalize whatever i can't but i'm gonna still do I mean, you can yeah i can may I, man to man I'm gonna cancel me. Right. we are we are helpful and we're welcoming yeah and so like that's another thing that uh living in this society has taught you you really have to we have this word uh the saying sorry in romanian is that a real true friend is the one that you know wakes up at three in the morning to help you if you have an emergency and that was a very long saying <laughs> yeah it's a kind of like it's an, it's an urban legend kind of, no it's a, no but um yeah that's we we we're friends in through dark times as well you right. know and we value that a lot and um because 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 historically we've had hardship and that's another thing that is a bright beautiful thing that comes out of troubled times you know which again maybe other societies that have had it really well for for a long time um might not have and it's and it's sad because i think it renders people a little bit more superficial well i think i think well it's funny enough, we in america we kind of have that the same mm -hmm. type of you know, generalization of yeah is not accurate, but still. Um, saying, you know, a true friend uh, will help you bury the body. <laughs> that, that's where we go. <laughs> okay. We're skipping right. right past the British friend oh, indeed is a friend. No, a friend yeah. in need is a, a friend, friend indeed. indeed. Yeah. yeah no. Bury the body. Mm. A, friend, a, friend, uh, a true friend will help you bury the body. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, same thing. Same thing. Same thing, you know. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Kind of thing, a, a yeah. Call, call three in the morning. Yeah, All right, exactly. I'm going to go now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's, but you know, so you have become a friend, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you have been extremely helpful. Like, like, like just yeah. beyond, you know, um, what you would expect somebody you just met mm -hmm. to do. I need help with my medication. Your mom's a pharmacist. You got me my medication. Like, You know, I'm fully, I'm a big believer mm -hmm. in the universe places the right people mm -hmm. in your life at the right time. Mm -hmm. You are definitely You're welcome. Proof, It's a pleasure. <laughs> proof of that. Like, you know, like if, when I need examples, I, you are now added to my list of examples of mm -hmm. people I met at the right time. Oh. Where I need, where you know, we need to be, and we Thank form a, a lasting a hope forever friendship. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, plus, we're going to work together. We're going to do theater together in Paris. I'm mm -hmm. really looking forward to that. I can't wait. Um, uh, since this is a travel podcast, will you be our pompous fool? I'll be happy. <laughs> you know, look, I will. I will regain some weight if I got to become the. I'll be happy to be a pompous idiot. At not a problem. I, <laughs> I played that. Very, you can. Very I think you well. can be a pompous fool without the weight, and the lesbian. No, okay. No, yeah. No. 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 Gain the weight. I'll just wear a fat suit. You d I yeah. thought, why do you have to be a? Ah, because it's, you it's have to the be the Falstaff. It's the image. It's, it's the Falstaff. Well, the Falstaff is not the pompous fool. He's very pompous and foolish, though. But he's not foolish. He's well, an idiot. He writes the same letter to two women, and he ends up being taken away in 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 carriages of of laundry and shit like that. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, okay. I've already said fuck several times on this podcast. So it's okay. Oh, okay. We, we put the little E on here. So it's All right. Fine. Okay, fine. Yeah. And, I, and I've played Falstaff, so. Really? Yes, I have. I have before. Again, I'm, I'm big on Shakespeare and I've okay. done that a lot. Okay. Excellent. Uh, before I let you go, well, actually, we, well, yeah, because. I also we're, we're, want to ask you a question. Oh, ask away. No, but. Okay, well, so we're, we're, here's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, 
We are going to keep talking. Mm -hmm. uh, this recording only gives me uh, uh, 59 minutes and 59 seconds. Oh, my God. And we're at 58.39. So, go, uh, go. No, 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 no. We're going to take your time because we're going to stop this. Oh, okay. And then we're going to start it again. And we're oh. going to put this together all as one long oh, podcast. Magic of and technology. This, oh, this is, I'm sorry. This is behind the scene. If I had the little... Um, the notes to play the, our little um, production music or okay. production sound effect. That's kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, that we'll play right here. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll break right here. We'll, we'll take a minute um, and then we'll come back and then I have another traveling-esque question okay. to ask and then you have a question for me yeah so we'll be right listeners uh, this will be absolutely no time for you you will hear this and then it'll go right into it and right back into it but we're gonna we're gonna take a minor break <laughs> and you waited you waited until we record to start recording and to get up and um, do whatever <laughs> very concerned however when we last left each other yeah. I had a question for you and you had a question for me who wants to go first you you want okay. to go first <laughs> I'm imposing <laughs> Okay, so mm -hmm. um, how many times have you been back and forth to France? Oh, I'm not counting because uh, I've been living in France for the past uh, nine to almost ten years now. So I always come back um, in August and for the, for the winter holidays. So I don't know. More than okay. it's been more than twelve oh, wow. times. Yeah, okay. yeah. Now, in all that time, have you um, developed mm -hmm. any uh, uh, what we call travel hacks, mm -hmm. or you know, ways to travel easier, or have yes. you had any um, experiences where you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done this, I won't do this again. And that you have learned from throughout the years. Right. Well, it's very specific to me and to the fact that actually there's a very short amount of time spent in the air uh, between Romania and France. It's about a three hour and a half um, ride, <laughs> flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what I did when I was coming to Bucharest now, because I had a lot of clothes to pack because I was going to stay for almost two months is I found myself a carrier service and I sent all of my bulkier stuff. I mean, basically everything except for my laptop and uh, phone and a book um, and maybe a ch change of something, um, which I took with me on a plane because I came, came on a low cost. And okay. that low cost's particularity um, is that it will charge you pretty much the same amount of money for the flight as for the carry-on. Okay. Or or um, the one that you send, the, not, check, the check, checked in. Check yeah, so I was like, mm -hmm. no, I'm not doing that. So I did that, and then I I saw you also have them, the compression, the good old compression. I'm not yes. a travel expert. And then I roll my um, clothes when I pack, pack it, and I find that takes up the least amount of space. Now, are you a heavy packer, a light packer? I, I pack pretty light, I would say. I, but even even for that, uh, you I'm always surprised that the amount of quote-unquote essentials that you have to bring and how much space they take, you know? Right. Like, I don't have 10 bags of makeup, but... What's your bulkiest um, necessity? Necessity. I'm always surprised at how, how much space the... Um, 
electric toothbrush takes. <laughs> you know, like it's not just the toothbrush, but it's the the toothbrush, the, the, the case, the extra yeah, heads. Yeah, exactly. So the charger. I'm always surprised at that, but I don't know. I would not be able to tell you. I don't have other. I think that's my biggest small electronic. I would say. Right. Otherwise, of course, the, the good old laptop. Now, this time you guys came with, like, I mean, for the show, you guys came with props. Yes, we did. So, like, who, how how did that stuff get well, transported? Ellie traveled with it. Did Ellie fly or? Yeah, she she flew with a, with a non-low-cost, oh, what is that even called? Uh, flight. Economy class, business class, yeah. Okay. Uh, so she had all of that, but it was not that big. Uh, we didn't need that many props. Right. The bulkiest thing that we had, and I purchased it in Romania, was a sort of a shelf, an, um, an, an elegant shelf that yes. um, um, Michelle, the artiste from Paris, needed to express herself. That was know. for Palomino. Yeah, yes. that was for... This was probably my second favorite piece. Yeah. What was your favorite? Split. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Split's my favorite. Yeah. Um, it's a good one to get the discussion going on marital counseling, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, I tell you, it's one that sparked... I'm always touched by anything that sparks the creative side of me. Mm-hmm. That makes me go, oh, I want to see something else. Maybe I'll write. That makes me want to write something or uh-huh. I want to create something or I want to see this created. Okay. And Split did that. Split mm-hmm. made me want to create. Mm-hmm. Split too. Mm-hmm. The, the other side. We talked about this. The other, the right. other side of it. Um, right. um, for those who haven't seen it, shame on you. Again, you're, you're I in mean, the United States. Too. Well, why would you have seen this yet? Um, Split tells a tale of a, uh, a married couple who are in that state of relationship where um, uh, he is quiet and um, non-combative, but also lazy, seemingly lazy. He is lazy. Let's and, face it. And yeah, yeah. The, the guy is lazy. <laughs> and uh, the wife is kind of fed up with it. Um, and is doing going through the rigmarole and kind of within your stereotypical gender roles where she's making dinner, she's doing the laundry, he doesn't help her out around the house, mm-hmm. things of that nature. And they talk about that kind of stuff. And uh, there are other two two other characters who play uh, emotion and logic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a fifth character who comes in as the embodiment of the idea of divorce. Yeah. The very sexy, idealized version of divorce. divorce yeah. Right. Um, as, as a divorce as a temptation. And of course, uh, 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 and then hilarity ensues. Yeah. Sort of. Um, it's very moving. And I, but the entire time, the male character, Doug, is mostly sitting watching television. Um, and I'm sitting there, I was going, he has to have thoughts. He's thinking about something. They're probably a lot about what he's watching, but I'm sure some of it has to be about what mm-hmm. is happening in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and in it, he takes, spoiler alert, in it, he takes a turn mm-hmm. and decides to help out but we never see the reason for that turn so I thought what we need to do because Star Wars finishes is we need need to see the other side of that we need to see the mirror image of Split um, but from Doug's perspective Mm -hmm. um, with the same dialogue and that's when I realized that I was starting to get ready to try to write okay no I need I need the original script I need to Mm -hmm. to read that to incorporate because my idea for it 
was that it's the exact same thing just with his logic and emotion um and then it, uh the uh, still like the fifth character being temptation mm-hmm. um and figuring out what that is so i'm i might we might we, have to, we might have to pin that together mm-hmm. i might have mm-hmm. to be a, a joint sit down and have a writing workshop that would be lovely and get that together um so yeah so my question was really about the travel since this is a travel podcast and this mm-hmm. is you know um uh well, when we want to be the number one travel podcast you want to pack yourself yes we have the saying in romanian don't travel with your head in the bag you want to have it firmly screwed on top of your neck being able to you know get out there in the world and react properly to it. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm sorry. I'm not a travel packing guru. No, nope, that's but, okay. But, but, but you're a traveler. The basics. Wanna pack yourself. You wanna pack yourself. Yeah, when, when do you plan to go to the U.S.? <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to go to the U.S. I just have to have a reason to be accepted because I tried once and I applied for the wrong visa unfortunately and oh, no. I got rejected and that made me feel so horrible because when you fill in the because I'm not well, Romania is not a Schengen space right. so when you fill in the forms you have to you know declare how many eggs did your grandma's hen produce about <laughs> 20 years ago no I'm kidding right. but uh, they do ask you the question a lot of paperwork yeah They do no. They do ask you. The thing that scared me was that they do ask you um, if you have ever applied for a U.S. visa before, and if you had been denied, and if so, what was the reason? So I was like, oh my god, I'm not gonna get it. But um, yeah, I would love to go. I would love to go. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one of the amazing things. And again, I understand American privilege more so that mm-hmm. we are almost able to travel freely almost anywhere throughout the world. Right. And the reverse isn't. The same, like people can't just no. freely come to America. No. And, you know, it'd be nice if they could, mm-hmm. right? If people want to go to in the, the tourist visa, it should be really easy to get. There should be something called a tourist visa. Right? There is, there is, and I applied for that one, but I was gonna do a, a volunteer project in my field, which um, I right. didn't. Yeah, yeah, it, I applied for the wrong visa. So we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it situated. All right, and then we'll all go back and we'll check it. My, I have a dream that. Um, Of all the people we meet everywhere, mm-hmm. in Romania and Spain and mm-hmm. wherever else we go, that we end up doing like a big, massive trip to Vegas, <laughs> and we're hosting like 15, 20 people. That's nice. You know. Yeah. Um, all someplace, and we're the host for them, and uh, just getting around. I think that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're like a bus, and I'll go to California. Okay. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, okay, do you, you gotta, we've been like two weeks, you know, um, seeing sites and doing stuff. And and then we all go back to Spain and then everybody starts to head back to their own kind of home countries or whatever, whatever. But I mean, I think we're really neat and figure that out. So that'd be, that'd be lovely. Now, you said you had a question for me. Yeah. Um, since this is a traveling podcast. This is indeed, yes. Um, what were your Culture. Okay, before Spain, it's a kind of a question series of questions. Mm-hmm. Have you been uh, anywhere else before Spain for that long? Not for that long, no. Mm-hmm. no. Where uh, else have you traveled? So we, are my first traveling mm-hmm. um, outside of the U.S. 
was like a lot of Americans in California. I went to Mexico. Okay. On a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. So I'll spend a day in Ensenada, mm-hmm. Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because I love cruising. Okay. And so that's where the cruise ship went. Uh, and then in 2000, mm-hmm. um, a dear friend of mine, shout out to JT Orr, um, and I took a road trip uh, from California. Mm-hmm. And we went through the western half of the United States, like through almost uh-huh. every state. Okay. Um, down to Mexico and went up to Canada. Mm-hmm. And spent a, a, a two nights in Canada and uh, mm-hmm. a day in Mexico, a day, okay. day trip to Mexico. Up to that point, I had, I've only been to Mexico. So mm-hmm. I added Canada now to mm-hmm. my list of countries where I have been. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't really been off mm-hmm. the mainland except for like a couple trips to Hawaii. Okay. Um. Actually, just one trip. At that point in time, I think just one trip. Maybe no trip to Hawaii. I don't think I've been to Hawaii yet. I think when I went to for the wedding. Okay. A friend of mine got married in Hawaii. My first time off the mainland. Mm -hmm. um, Long distance in a plane over water as opposed to on a boat down to the neighboring country. Then, uh, me and Nella got married. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, then a lot happened in between that mm-hmm. point in time, and then after me and Ella got married, we decided to for our honeymoon. Okay. we took a cruise mm-hmm. uh, through Italy and Greece. Okay, and that was my first time in Europe. Uh-huh. Uh, so I mean, we spent some time in Italy. Like we spent like five days in Rome before the cruise, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, cruised around uh, Italy and the Greek islands. Beautiful, and then. Um, a couple more days in Rome and then back home. So that was my first experience of Europe. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And I went, I could live in Italy. Mm-hmm. I couldn't live in Greece. Mm-hmm. It'd be harder to live in Greece. I could probably try to make it work. Mm-hmm. Really gotta make friends and whatever. But, um, and my sole basis was the fact that I can read mm-hmm. Italian. No, okay. But I can't read Greek. Okay. Right, like I don't understand the alphabet, mm-hmm. and so the basis of learning would be harder. Yeah. Um. So that has transferred with me over to here, mm-hmm. right? Spain, I can read Spanish, mm-hmm. right? In Romania, I can read Romanian, mm-hmm. right? It's it's harder. Yeah. Right, because you guys have a lot more uh, accentual marks on your letters. Yeah, the special um, letters, and not understanding what that does to the letter mm-hmm. you know um i can teach you it's actually very simple i'm sure yeah i'm sure yeah I, I've, I've been i've been there but again i, I messaged you earlier yeah uh, asking you to tell me how to right. say i don't speak romanian mm-hmm. <laughs> in romanian yeah yeah so i can say that because i kept saying no habla which is spanish for i don't, I don't right no habla romanian is not is, They'll get it eventually. They'll know what I mean. But, I think know. even if you say it in English, I don't even if, even speak I been, Romanian. I had um, there have been a couple of times, and I, this person I'm pretty sure had mental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, when the guy was trying to say something to me on the street, and I think he was asking me for money. Uh, okay. But I'm looking. I'm, I don't understand you. Mm-hmm. I said I don't understand. Yeah, if, English. if they don't get it, it's, and yeah. And he just kept going on. I said English. Yeah. English only. Mm-hmm. And he said, and then you and kept moving. I'm like, right. okay, that's, that's, I know, I don't have to speak the language and know what that is. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. Um, uh, so, and it's amazing that that exists everywhere in the world. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I've had that in English. I've had that in Spanish. I've not had that in Romanian. Mm-hmm. Exact same interaction. Except yeah. for not me saying I don't speak, I only speak English because to the English speaker, that don't, he don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the English speaker, I'm on. No. And then keep it moving. Right. Um, or, you know, I understand. Here's your plate. Here, go get some food. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's. Okay. So my question was, what was your cultural shock? The first or, or the most powerful? Or when you keep on moving throughout the world, what are the first things that shock you? Or still things that shock you that are very different from back home? I think what shocks me the most aren't the differences. Mm-hmm. It's the similarities. Okay. Um... I'll always, it's weird because before I was coming out, I said, you know, I think I'll be all right. I think, because I know how I am with the world mm-hmm. in a sense, right? I'm, I'm again, I go by the name Big Sexy. That's already a huge thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we had our first interaction based on that. Right. I was like, no, it's not. Come and on, give your name. I'm gonna... The majority of my first interactions mm-hmm, go, mm-hmm. right? Um, with that kind of mentality mm-hmm. and essence, it allows, I think, look, there's already going to be a hurdle mm-hmm. beyond language barrier, beyond socialization, beyond whatever. Um, in the end, I got to figure out how to purchase food. Yeah. I can figure that out. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out how to navigate the city. Mm-hmm. I can figure that out. Mm-hmm. Even if it means just walking. Right. Uh, I, we now have tools to help out with that, like Google Maps and whatever. Um, and so I went, you know, it's 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 funny how it took a while for me to get out of holiday mode. Ah, okay. Right, like I spent a, a lot of a lot, of, especially like the first five days in Barcelona, the first few days in Malaga, mm-hmm. because again, you're sitting in a hotel, you're in an Airbnb, so you still feel like you're on holiday. Yeah. Um, I also wasn't working, mm-hmm. right? So I'm really having the opportunity to go out and see the sites and see the town and what have you. Um, and so I said, I got to get back into a work mode mm-hmm. so that I can feel as though I'm living here. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because this is my first experience of being a, a digital nomad or being an expat. Right? Mm-hmm. I've never had this experience before. Right. Um, I miss, there, there are things I miss. Okay. Like Kool Aid, okay. Famous Kool Aid. My famous Kool Aid is this, no more. Um, uh, peanut butter. Oh, you can find that here. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's not going to be the same. It's sure. not the same. I found, I found, and did, I found better peanut butter here than in Spain. Okay. Which is amazing to Weird. me. Weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Um, and then I just got another type of peanut butter that I'm not happy with. Mm-hmm. It's more like the peanut butter I found in Spain. Mm-hmm. I have to go, I, but I know the brand of the peanut butter I had last time. Okay. It wasn't as great as American peanut butter, but it, it'll do Pretty it. Pretty good, yeah. It'll be all right. So I got to go get that. What's this one's run down? Because I'm going to eat this, whatever. It is what it is. Um, so things like that, like mm-hmm. conveniences. You missed that. Okay. I missed some of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, right? But otherwise... I, I love being out in the world. Mm-hmm. I love meeting new people. Like, I'm forced to meet new people, okay. you know? Um, learn new things, experience new things. Mm-hmm. Chill's trying to navigate what's going on. Um, and so, I, I, 
my wife, she keeps thinking, keeps saying that my my biggest culture shock is going to be when I go back home. Okay. Because I will have acclimated to this world, mm-hmm. especially to a lot of European culture. Yeah. And going back to things like not being able to walk everywhere. Oh, okay. Right. So like that's, I'm, that's, that's, that's probably going to be, that's one of the biggest things. Because again, like when I went to Italy, mm-hmm. we had to walk everywhere. Right. Which and is I, nice. I really adjusted to that really, really quickly. Yeah. Right. I, I hate walking. You hate walking? I, I love walking. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Um, I, I really like it. But when I have to, you got to go somewhere, you got to be somewhere, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. I'm, all right. I'll walk. Yeah. I walk. Yeah, and, but it's also interesting scenery. Yeah. Right? Walking through big, you know, neighborhoods of single-story homes mm-hmm. through suburbia mm-hmm. is boring as shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't want to see all that. Right. Right? And then it just, I feel like, oh, God, how far do I get to run? Mm-hmm. Whatever. But walking, even in Romania, right? Like walking here, I was commenting, walking now, how big these massive complexes are, mm-hmm. these housing complexes. You know, I can't tell where it begins and where it ends. Mm-hmm. How many units are in this massive yeah. thing? You know, um, that's really interesting to look while I'm walking to the store. Mm-hmm. It's a 15, 20 minute mile, 20 minute walk away. Uh-huh. You know, um, matter of fact, the other day, uh, the first time I had to go out to find a pharmacy, I was looking for something for Nella, uh, and I went to, I took an Uber mm-hmm. or a Bolt to one place. Yeah. They didn't have it, mm-hmm. and they recommended the place. And so when I looked up at the place they recommended, it was a 40-minute walk. And I was like, maybe I think I'll just bolt. And I'm like, you know what? Let me do this. Let me walk a little bit. And see how you feel? Let me walk, and then if I get tired of walking, I'll grab a bolt from there to the place. Mm-hmm. I walked the entire way. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Um, because there was, there was so much interesting architecture and, and things to see and you know um, it changes very much like the Bucharest landscape the cityscape changes from one area to another really, very really quickly yeah. yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. I went down so I'm used to metros mm-hmm. going down but the first time I'd ever seen what I thought was a metro station mm-hmm. which was just an underpass oh. to cross the street mm-hmm. right I was oh this the only purpose of this is so I can cross the street yeah yeah, this, and, but, but this also has crosswalks. Yeah. Now, Bucharest isn't as walkable as Spain was. No, yeah. Um, but it's definitely more walkable than the U.S., mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? At least where I grew up in the U.S. So that has probably been one of the biggest changes I that I have really experienced. Okay. Um, it's really weird that Bucharest is the hybrid in between a walkable place in a car city because this is very much a car city yeah we have too many cars right that we do not know where to park it's very much a car city yeah but it's also has the european walkability mm-hmm. right you need to you're gonna walk places and it's okay to walk places because there's there's what you need you don't need to hop in a car for yeah so that's one thing about the u.s everything is spread out um, right, so if I wanted to walk to the store from my mom's house in Riverside, California, where my mom lives, right, that would be a twenty-minute walk just to get to the grocery store. Oh, a fifteen-minute okay. walk just to get to the grocery yeah, store. Yeah, because you guys have adapted your cities to right driving everywhere. Whereas Bucharest, 
if I walk 15 minutes, I've passed five stores. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. All different stores. They have stores next door to stores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. There's a shopping go next to a mega image, next to a, a our shop, like the car mm-hmm. for it, right across, like, yeah. they're all right. And I didn't want that far to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, where in uh, the U.S., you know, a lot of it is like, you're going to walk a while, and wherever you live is the walking distance to whatever you need to go to. Okay. Right. Um so there's that aspect of it, mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm. much easier to hop in the car and just go, if you want to run a quick errand, hop in the car and do it. If you want to run a quick errand, you walk and do it. Okay. That's probably the biggest difference. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I wish you happy travels well, and no, hopefully you, you will much. get more and more in depth with the culture if you're going to ever... Um, well, you're my, you're my cultural liaison. Oh, yes, exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> how soon do you go back to France? I leave uh, at the beginning of September. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We already discussed you're going to be here yeah. for my birthday, so we're going to do yeah. something fun. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably record a thing for the birthday as well, because uh, on the Friday, we usually record on Thursdays. So I have a big birthday episode. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I, I need to see if that's when episode 50 drops, because if 50 drops, it's going to be a big, a big Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see okay. what that is. But in the meantime, we'll look at that. So Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. And we got we got to get everybody else. We got to yep. get Ellie, Alan, Christian, Ryan. Ellie, Ali, Alan, Christian, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the five. That's the five. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mentioned that when they were here, and I want to I want to get them all on. That'll be we'll lovely. We we'll have to do. How do you guys meet? You guys via Zoom or? Uh, yeah, we can do. A, yeah, we when can you, do. When you, when you guys, yeah, yeah, guys yeah. We did. Right we now. just did a production meeting yesterday on Zoom. Via, via yeah, Zoom, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So what we'll do is we'll do we'll, we'll get a Zoom meeting together, mm-hmm. everybody, and um, record it for the podcast. Lovely. That'll be amazing. That'll be a lot of fun. We we'll have to yeah. do it while you're still here, so you and I can be in the same room, mm-hmm. and then we'll set up on the computer and okay, and get everything together. So we'll figure that out. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. And listeners, uh, stay tuned. I'm pretty sure me and uh, Judgment will have some kind of cool outro when I'll uh, say something as though as uh, uh, he heard this interview as well. He didn't. He didn't hear this interview. Um, But you know, stay tuned. Of course, you know, follow us at at Big Sex Nomad and um, everywhere. And thank you again for listening to Big Sex Digital Nomad. Safe travels. Bye. Welcome back, world travelers, our big, sexy world travelers. So that was Raluca. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like I said, Raluca, uh, by far, has been the best thing that has come out of us being in Romania. Um, Like I said, by far. Um, Above, you know, seeing sights and all that kind of stuff. It all circles circles back to that kind of, you know, those opportunities that, that just present themselves. You got to adapt to it. Like, you know, the, I always say the universe is a funny thing. The universe, one, always looks out for me, always puts me where I need to be, you know, um, introduces me to people that uh, I need in my life. And I've learned to go with it, like trust it, trust the process, go with the flow, you know. Uh, it's a trip that I almost didn't go to see the play. Like on the day that I went to go see it, I was still waffling if I want to go. And I was like, no, nah. my wife was like, you should go. And I said, yeah, I probably should go. These are my people. I don't know. You know, I'm new here. Let me get some theater in my blood. Let me view some theater. And again, it turned out to be one of the 
not one of the best thing that's happened to me uh, here in Romania. Uh, second thing was my birthday, right? Number one was meeting Raluca. Number two was uh, my the, the what the wife did for my birthday. And those are like running neck and neck to be the best thing that happened to me in Romania. Only thing that, that dims the light of my birthday a little bit was that, uh, you know, I could have died. <laughs> I, almost, I almost killed myself with a sauna. Um, that that probably puts a little damper on on the things. But but because of Raluca, I didn't. Right? She helped me, she helped me out in that situation. So, again, like even there in that situation, go. she put herself back on top. So, so yeah, man, that was Raluca. I, 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 I'm thrilled. I can't wait uh, till I am recording this podcast in Spain. I'm not Spain, but in France. And uh, we're going to have the entire Spin Cycle Theater group uh, as an interview. I'm trying, I'm trying to organize time and uh, get that set up. And then I'll let you know as soon as that is. So maybe we can do, you know, uh, have everybody there at one time to all chat and meet and, and uh, shoot the shit and all the things that we get to do here at Big Sex and Digital Nomad. Hell yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, uh, listeners, our Big Sexy World Travelers, we have a, a contest. We do. Currently going. Uh, Judge, g- give us a breakdown. What's what's going on with this contest? So the short version of this is before I knew that I was going to Egypt, I purchased all the good old Scoop Fest 2024 stuff, which includes the now sold out whiskey barbecue event at Jacob's house. Um, I have found somebody to take my regular scoop fest ticket. And I know I'm aware of the fact that if I just emailed them, they'd refund me, which is fine. And that would open up the ability for one of you to potentially buy my whiskey barbecue ticket. But I don't really want to do that. I'd rather give it away. So at $0 free 99, if you will, um, always a great number. Yes, always a great number. We we are looking at um, giving it away to a listener and contributor to this podcast. So between now and some undetermined future date, maybe March, maybe April, we will be tracking everybody who writes into us, contributes in any way. Whether you go to prankcall.me and leave us one of the audio messages, whether you email us a story. Uh, wrong answers only, a parody song request, any of the above things, something new, doesn't matter. Um, we're going to note you down there. We're going to keep track of it. Um, we will probably check in with everybody to make sure that they're actually going to Scoop Fest before we actually do the drawing. Right. Take that out of people that just don't even want the prize. Um, just so that it's efficient. Because what I don't want is us to do a drawing, reach out to so-and-so, congratulations, you won this thing that you have no use for. Okay, now we got to draw it again. So we're going to try to make it clean and easy and whatever by the time it matters. Uh, But yeah, all you got to do is write us. You get extra entries, uh, at least an extra entry for every month that you've been a patron. Uh, We've talked about potentially doubling some entries or things like that. Maybe that happens. You, it will be a, an advantage to be a patron. It will be an advantage to be a patron for a period of time. If you think about it, I think you did the math on a previous episode. There's like seven months between now and this event. 
So you're talking about potentially leveraging $7 into getting a free whiskey barbecue ticket, which I think cost, I don't know what I paid for it, 200 bucks maybe? But it's priceless. It is priceless. Getting to go to the whiskey barbecue is one of the greatest parts of Scoop Fest. Um, I went last year uh, to the whiskey barbecue. It was my first. I don't know if I'll make it this coming year. Uh, but of course, I was working Scoop Fest, so I got to go as a honored guest. Um, uh, since I was hosting karaoke at Scoop Fest, and I don't, I don't want to get into what, what happened there, but you know, it worked out. And, and uh, <laughs> but the whiskey barbecue was amazing. There were surprise performances. There was, of course, whiskey. There was barbecue. Uh, got to meet so many different scoops and hang out, laugh, talk. It was it was a great time. And so if you get the chance to go, you should definitely go. And the best chance you may get to go, since Is this, I believe it's, it's sold out now. So if you haven't already gotten your ticket, we, we may be your best chance to go. These tickets, just, just so that everybody knows, sold out, I think, within like 10 days of being available. Yeah. That, that's how popular the whiskey barbecue with Jacob the Outer Guy is. So, yeah, um, the uh, if it, you know, again, you can go to our uh, website and at uh, bigsexydigitalmoney.com. At uh, sorry, that was almost, I apologize. Sorry, sorry, um, Mui. That was bullwiththebutthole.com. Bullwiththebutthole.com. Go to bullwiththebutthole.com. And there you can become a patron of Big Sexy Digital Nomad. If you want to just send us a message to get that entry that way, you can send us an email at bigsexynomad at gmail.com. I don't have a fun sound for that yet. Or uh, you can go and leave us a voice message at bigsexynomad.com. Sweet. That's us. You got options. So you should definitely do one of those things. In my opinion, you should do all those things and get as many entries as you possibly can. I like doing them all. Yeah, it's lovely. And also hit us up on the social medias. We love y'all. Take care. Uh, thanks for listening. And we will uh, talk to y'all really, really soon. Safe, Safe travels. travels. Crown you king sexy. Huzzah! 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 Nothing else left to say. Name speaks for itself. You're Dracula's first wife.